Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. You know, I always thought, ever since I got saved, I always thought that it was interesting that New Year comes right after Christmas. Because whoever, however you believe that Jesus was born or when he was born, what time of year, the whole world that we live in right now celebrates that during Christmas like we just did in December. And then right after that, the New Year. And I, I didn't think of this and put it together until I started being, you know, following him and gave my life to him. And I discovered that he makes everything new. So we talk about the birth of Jesus and then it's a new year. And those things just flow. They flow rhythmically and beautifully that God wants to give us something new and that's what I'm looking for. So as we're building this church and we continue to build this church, we're not in a hurry to see it packed out. I used to want, just I just wanted to, like, pardon the phrase, but butts in the seats. I don't want that anymore and I haven't wanted that for a while. I want people in the seats that Steve, you pretty much nailed it. Let's not come in here and be feeble and fed and go home. Let's come in here and understand that we are ministers, ministers of reconciliation. That's our job. We've been saying it for a few years now. Are we living it and doing it? Because the people who are gathering in here, that's what they're going to be doing. That you see opportunity anywhere that you're sitting and anyone that you're talking to, that you love the people that are around you enough to talk about who Jesus is. And it's very difficult to do if you don't know. So I know that we know who Jesus is, theoretically. How many spend a devoted, quiet time every single day? You don't have to raise your hand. These are just questions that I have, pensive questions that that I believe, you know, cause us when we're standing up here singing to have, you know, a little breakdown. It's the time where we gather away before the Lord and we remember that he met us there and the tenderness of that and the way that he instructs our lives and the way that he leads and we have a little moment when we're caught up saying a word, humbly I stand in offering, or be glorified. Would you be glorified in me, God? How do we get you to be glorified in me, the mess that I am? And I'll tell you, I got a call yesterday from someone really close to suicidal thoughts. You know, we're in celebration mode if we have a family, we have a savior, we have a king. And isn't that great that we are going to heaven, that this life is a vapor, that we have a boundary to cross one day into glory forever. And in the meantime, we have our families and our health, most of us, and our, you know, besides the flu season, we all have our health. We're alive and well on the planet. We have people around us that love us. And people are calling on the day before New Year, ready to be done. And you're here on the planet. And I was there last night. I was there to take the call. I got another call. From one of you, hey, I'm ready to give up. I'm just having a bad day. It's horrible. What a mess this is. You know, I don't know how to fix this thing in my life. I don't know what to do. I was like, you know, stuff happens. You know, you're going to lose stuff. You know, my son-in-law loses stuff on the daily, and we love him through it. And he's a little genius, but he loses stuff on the daily. You're going to lose stuff. It's stuff. You're a human being. You matter to God. You have value that's just like worth blood. That stuff is just stuff doesn't matter. You have an enemy of your soul trying to move you off of who you are. 
And when you understand who Jesus is, that's why we're talking about his names. You know, last year we had this amazing study for a whole season. We started the year, the names of God. And we learned them, Jehovah, all the names of Jehovah, Anisi and Rapha and just Jehovah, Sidkenu, Yahweh, El, El Shaddai, Elohim, El Roy. We just, we went on a, a steady rock on learning all those things about who he is. And it was great. And I felt like God said, go, go deeper. That's the father. Learn the son. And we're going to learn the son because that's the, that's the redeemer. That's our friend closer than a brother. That's our leader. That's our sovereign savior. And he calls himself things. I, I love uh, next week's message is son of God, son of man, and how Jesus marveled at being the son of man. But today's message is bread of life. The bread of life. He called himself the way, the truth, the life. You know, there's a time where he's standing and talking with one of his friends, Martha, and her brother had died. And, and you know, Jesus is like, don't worry. He's going to be okay. He's going to raise up. And she goes, yeah, I know he's going to raise at the resurrection. And, she, and Jesus has this word. What does he say? I am the resurrection. I am everything. And, and today, I want to look at this story just from the book of John. You know, I've been reading the book of John. I had some great Bible studies with cups of tea with our ladies this last quarter and just reading through the book of John and I've stayed with it I'm, I'm still reading it I keep going back over it again and again and here in John 5 Jesus says it clearly I'm the bread of life and I'm going to put this in context but this is where he says it whoever comes to me will never hunger whoever believes in me will never thirst but as I have stated you've seen me and you still do not believe now we like to camp out on I'm the bread of life and whoever you know, believes in me, will never be hungry or thirsty, but Jesus ends that with a little dirge. As I've stated, you've seen me, and you still do not believe. Jesus wants us, basically, to eat him. Do you understand that? In the way that you eat your food, he wants you to eat these truths in a spiritual way, that they become part of who you are, that you digest these things, digest him, get sustenance from him, have the nutrition of him. And how do we do that? It's, I'm speaking spiritually, but these are the things that he would want for us. He, he's been, you know, the, the chapter six is going to start out sometime after this. And anytime a Bible story starts out sometime after this, I like to go see what this it's starting after. And so I just read that chapter two, and Jesus has just been on a healing campaign with his guys. You know, they're going from place to place. They had just healed the paralyzed man at that pool of Bethesda or Bethsaida, however you say it. And, you know, and that guy has a whole what for to go through with the temple, you know, governance. And they're asking him all these questions. Did you sin? I mean, how did you get saved? What, what happened? How did you get healed? Who did this? And he goes through all that stuff in the temple. It's kind of funny. You should read it the way that it goes. I mean, I read it with sarcasm because that's how my brain works. But, you know, I read how he says, well, why don't you go ask him? Do you want to be his disciple too? I mean, it's just a really great exchange through the whole thing. And, you know, the Jewish leaders then come to Jesus and start accusing him of wrecking the Sabbath and why are you healing on the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, you know, the Son of Man is for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. And he's going around. He's teaching. He's casting out demons. He's on a crusade. John 6. Let's stand up while we read the word. We honor your word, God, and we thank you for it. Let it dive deep into our soul this morning. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs, all the signs we just talked about. 
sometimes people just follow because of the food and the miracle and the sign and the money. The great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he performed by healing the sick. And then Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down with his disciples. Verse 5. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said, Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have even a bite. And another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish, but how far can they go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there and their wives and their kids. And Jesus took the loaves and he gave thanks and he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Can you just, you could sit down. Can you just in your mind imagine that scene and he, Jesus picks up bread. You can uncover those little those little plates on your table, that's just bread. I just, I just wanted you to look at it <clears throat> and see what we're talking about. He breaks a piece of bread, and every time he breaks it, the piece that he just broke is there again for the next person because you're dealing with Jesus. It's miraculous, miraculous provision. When they all had enough to eat, verse 12 says, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Five small fish and a few small loaves. Over 5,000 people ate, and there were basketfuls gathered after. You guys have heard this story many times, I'm sure. What a great story. Verse 14, after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who's come into the world. The people are brilliant. Jesus knowing that they intended to come and make him the king by force because of what he could do. Remember, Israel is under a new governor. They're under Roman rule. They're looking for Jesus to come and make them prosperous again and powerful again. And they're going to make him the king by force. So what does Jesus do? He, again, withdrew to a mountain by himself. When the evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into the boat, set off across the lake for Capernaum. And by now it's dark. And Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they had rowed three. Have you ever rowed three or four miles? I mean, I have. It is intense. These guys are amazing. They've rowed three or four miles, and they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were frightened. I guess so. And he said, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore. So he steps onto the boat. They're, they're afraid of him. He steps onto the boat. They're like, okay, let's let him in. It's the Lord. He steps onto the boat, and it's at the shore. You see that? Jesus knows. This is a sidebar message. I felt like God spoke to me during this. There's going to be stormy things, always. There's always stormy times. There's always things we don't understand. And sometimes we don't recognize him in the middle of it. But if we'll let him in, and we'll receive him into our situation, will go from here to here instantaneously. He'll take us from A to B. We've just crossed a huge chasm from 2022 to 2023. It's going to be a different year. We'll look back at it. In a little bit, you're going to have a conversation around your table with some questions. 
you know, what did 2022 say for you? What did it look like? What was the theme of 2022 in your life? And what do you want to leave back there? What does 2023 promise? What is God saying, if anything, to you? Did you hear him speak to you this last year? Start to recognize that you indeed did. Because if you can see that he spoke to you last year, you won't have to live that year again. You won't have to live that pain. He'll take you higher. Does that make sense? Okay. Verse 22, the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat was there. They realized Jesus wasn't there, and they're looking for him. You know, if you look down at verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus said, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Listen to what he's saying. Don't just look to me for the food you can put in your stomach. Look for something spiritual, some kind of food that's going to take you into eternity. The Son of Man will give it to you, he says. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Just pray with me real quick. God, right there is the crux of what I believe you spoke to me for today. God, I want to come in here and get a word from you. Fresh bread from heaven, God. New wine. Would you open the eyes of our understanding to understand that you want us to have a food that goes into eternity that is yourself? Speak life to us this morning in Jesus' name. Verse 28, they asked him, what must, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus said, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it? I, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, come over here, let me slap you, okay? I, what did I just do over and over again? That's why I'm not Jesus. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're looking for more food. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who gave, who gave you the bread from heaven. It was my father who did that too. It's true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the, to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread. That's a good word, Violet. You know that's a good word. I am the bread. I am the food. It's going to start, you know, then the Pharisees are going to start grumbling again like they always do. Religious people always grumble. There's always somebody on the outside that doesn't like the way you're doing it, the way that Jesus is moving, the way we have church, the way we dress, the way we talk, the comfort that we have in the house of God, and somebody won't like that. It doesn't matter, you know. We have the bread of heaven right in the middle, right here, right next to us. Jesus says, don't even complain about it. Just stop grumbling amongst yourselves. I am the bread of life. I've come down for you. Jesus right here in this miraculous moment takes the entire crowd from the crowd down to 12 by saying some very powerful things. He says this. Just look at me. It's okay. He says this. Unless you, let me put it to you like this. You're not getting it. All the good works I did, all the healing, uh, all of the food that I fed, the guy in the pool at Bethesda facing the Pharisees in public, all the things I do, my good life, 
my food distribution on the parking lot, my, I don't, I mean, I don't cuss, at least not where anyone can hear me. I, I live my life pretty clean. I mean, I share what I have with people that I love. It's not going to be enough. And Jesus can see that here, and he makes this statement. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're out. And the people are like, well, that's, he's weird. We're out of here. And they left him. And it comes down to the, it's a hard saying. And the disciples are, you know, they're looking at him like, wow, Lord, you know, good job. You know, you, you got the church down pretty small. And if you look around, this, I'm right on track. I don't care about the food. I care about the bread of life. That's what I'm looking for. And Jesus is saying it, you know, he's like, are you guys going to leave too? Are you going to leave too? And they say, where can we go? This is where Peter has a moment. Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. This is very real to me. This isn't just something we do for fun. I mean, you know, I've looked at people who started churches, um, big churches, a big one. It's famous in, in Australia. And the pastor, I mean, just a huge church. And he said when he started, he bought a, like a, what's it called, babe? A trap, a, um, it was like a huge swing that he put up in the corner and he swung out over all the people in a demonstration of something. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. I'm just telling you right now, that's a gimmick. I don't care if 10,000 people wanted to see me do that and almost die. It's not going to happen. But you, you might see me on my face here looking for something, looking for one little grab on the hem of the garment that I could be different, that I could know him. You know, I love that stuff. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe, and we know that you're the Holy One of God. Jesus said, have I not chosen you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. I mean, Jesus is like, eat my body and drink my blood. And he's saying, take me all the way in. You're going to have to ingest me or you're just not going to make it. The good works aren't going to be enough. It's going to have to be come away with me and sit with me in a quiet place that I can reveal myself to you. Have you ever asked God to reveal himself to you? Because he surely will. He doesn't disappoint. Sometimes you don't like what he's showing you, or you don't like, you know, we all like grace. We all like mercy. We all like love. We all like a gift. We all like forgiveness. We don't like carrying a cross around. We don't like dying to our flesh. We don't like anybody telling us what to do when it comes to our sex lives and our money. But that's the Lord that we serve. It's everything or nothing. We, we like to give people room to ask questions, and we do. You can sit in here and not have a clue about who Jesus is or what he wants for your life, and you'll be all right. You can hang around, you can listen to the worship, and he'll draw you. It's what he does. He's really good at it. But it's always going to come down. You can, you can show up. You can help give out groceries to the community. We love that, too. It's all part of it. We do all that because of all of this, what I'm talking about right here. <laughs> Here's the points. When you're with Jesus, you always have bread. Jesus had enough money to buy that bread. He asked Philip, hey, where should we go get bread? There's enough money to go get the bread. Philip's like, Lord, that's going to cost a whole half year's wage just to give everybody a bite. He didn't say we don't have enough. It can be assumed that they do. They have a treasurer, for crying out loud. I mean, and he's stealing from the kitty, so there's enough money there that he could take from it and not be noticed. You have somebody coming along with, with a little faith named Andrew. 
And he's like, well, here's a little lunch. What can you do with that, Jesus? And he puts it in the hands of the Lord. What do you have that's a little bit that you could put in the hands of the Lord that every time a piece of it goes, a new piece shows up, and it keeps on giving until the people around you begin to understand why you walk in the favor that you do. It's great if you live in your prayer closet. It's great if you know him. It's great if you worship here. But all the people around you that look to you and think you're amazing and, and like your life and, and emulate the way you live, what if they died and they never tasted the bread of life and you have it? Number three, Jesus has the seal of approval. I don't think I've ever really seen that before reading this story. Jesus said, look at me. You need eternal life. You need this bread forever. And he said, I have the seal of approval on me. And I was like, wow. Jesus, metaphorically is speaking, obviously Jesus is not a cannibal. He didn't want them to eat him and tear him up and eat him right there. But he wanted them to ingest what he's saying. It's more than just following me around for all the stuff I can do for you. He wants us to eat him spiritually. Take him in every day that your sustenance comes from there. That's how you make good decisions. That's how you make wise decisions is you ask him. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows what you need. He knows, he knows everything that you desire. He put that in you, and he will bring it to pass. He just wants to hear your sweet voice beckoning him to come. Mm. There will always be people who follow for the food. Don't be one. There will always be religious doubters on the outside. Don't be one. And if you have been, repent and ask God to show you how to move forward past that. Now, there are, there are some questions that we're going to put up here on the screen in just a minute. And here's I'm going to tell you what they are so that you can prepare your mind and heart as the conversation opens there. Here's what they are, and I'm going to read one more thing to us. In reflection of 2022, how would you theme the past year of your life? You know, what happened experientially? What can you see now looking back? See, we don't look back. We just keep going forward. We keep moving to the next thing. We keep looking for, let's just move on to the next new thing and forget about everything that happened before, right? Is, there, is anybody else like that? Because I can tell you Christmas is almost gone from my house. I have one little tree left to take down but I packed it all up, put it all away. You know why? Because I'm like, let's do the next thing. What's the next thing we need to do? But if we never stop and we never pause and we never reflect, we can never correct or grow or move forward. Does that make sense? What is the theme from last year? What do you feel like God said to you? In terms of the bread of life, describe what that means to you. Could you tell somebody that in simple terms? Jesus called himself the bread of life. Can you call him the bread of life to someone? Number three, here's another way you could say it. If God were to give you one word for the year, what would it be? And he gave me one, and here's what my, my word, like, he speaks to me like this. These are just all the same conversation, but how does this make sense to your brain to have enough, you know, ability to articulate it at your table? So my word this year is set, S-E-T. Set your eyes, fix your heart, set, and put everything that comes after that. That's my one word. It, It'll come more and more as we share together through the year. And then I put homework down here. What are your values? What do you value in your life? Because if you don't know what you value, you're just going to, this is the way we do our life, you know? We get up, we yawn, we scratch our belly, we beg for coffee, we get dressed and we go to work or whatever we do. 
you know, however your day goes, and you're going to live the same day over and over again. But if you set values, this is what I value. This is what matters to me. And how can I add value to my values so that my values will add value to other people? Okay, that's your homework. We'll be working on that as the days ahead come. Okay, right? I can see your little brains. I can hear the wheels grinding of what you're going to say. But just take a pause and lean into this because after all of this, you know, after, after the disciples have seen and witnessed Jesus do this miracle with the multitude, and they didn't just see this once, they saw it a couple times. Jesus is a teacher of repetition. He's really good at it. If you look here at Matthew 26, the guys are, you know, they're in Jerusalem, it's Passover, it's getting close to the time when Jesus is going to lay it all down. And in those days, the way that they would describe, like, the table, like, we have chairs and tables. Can you imagine Jesus knowing how to build a chair and laying on the ground against the table? But it says that they're laying down. You know, they're laying around a low table, sitting against it, reclining, feet out that way. And shoulder to shoulder, that's how John was so easy to lean back on his chest and, and ask him questions. But this is that table, and they're talking about who's going to betray Jesus. Judas leans over after they're all asking him, surely it's not me, Lord, it's not me. Jesus tells him, well, it's going to be the one that dips his bread with me. And Judas says, well, surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, Jesus told him. They were eating. Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. Take this, eat it, it's my body. You guys, just hold that bread in your hand. Get a piece of that bread. They're sitting there with a whole spread on that table. There's lamb, there are leeks, there's onions, there's, there's raisins and, you know, cakes. And Jesus breaks the bread. And you know, it's just like him to re make a reference back right before he's going to exit the earth. Remember when I broke that bread and I said, it's the bread of heaven that you need? It's not the bread. It's not, it's not a physical bread. It's the bread of heaven that you need. Take this and eat it. This is my body. That's how we said it. Everything that you're doing, take. go ahead and take it. Put it in your, on your tongue. Everything that you're having, I'm going to make a big mess out of it. And thank him, while that's in your mouth, that you're ingesting the broken body of Jesus as part of your self. Lord, if you have to break me, to see you do what you got to do. Thank you for every stripe that you bore for healing for me, God. Take my body. This is it. Remember when I broke those lo loaves in the wilderness and I, and I multiplied that fish? I can do it, and I will do it if you let me become part of you. Remember the prayers that he prayed? Johnny prayed, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. I and them, them and me, me and you, make us want ingesting this stuff. Take it, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup after he gave thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you for my body. Thank you for this life. Thank you for those you've given me. Thank you for communion in this room, for fellowship, communion, community, communion, community. Do this until I come, he's saying. He took the cup after giving thanks. He gave it to them, and he said, drink from it, all of you. Drink it. 
Drink it right now. This is my blood that establishes the covenant. It is shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. There is not one thing you could do that this can't cover. There's nothing you've ever done that this doesn't make disappear. Because when God the Father looks at you, he sees you through this. Not grape juice, that's the metaphor again. The blood of Jesus. From this moment, Jesus said, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until the day I drink it in a new way in my Father's kingdom with you. And they sang some songs, and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus is saying it over and over again. This is my body. Take it. Eat. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not going to have any part of me. Aren't you so glad you came to church on January 1? Because this stuff is real. We're not going to be fancy, but you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to help people. We're going to speak life to people. You know, we're going to learn some things. I know some of us, we have a couple different statuses of like where you are in your faith in this room. Have you ever cast the devil out of anybody? Because I'm going to tell you what, that's fixing to happen again. I can tell. I can tell because people are getting wild. People are getting weird. You know, I had somebody call me. I'll finish with this story and let you talk. I had somebody call me this week, a girl who does my hair. And we were sitting in the chair talking and she said, you know, I've got this lady that's 50-something years old across the street from my boyfriend. Boyfriend has an eight-year-old kid. Thank you for joining us today. She said, He's Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. Do you want to be a partner with The Loft? You can give on giveapply.com. Need more information? Check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. Of course, join us 1030 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Until next time. I just don't know. And I feel just so powerless, like I can't do anything. What does the boyfriend say? Well, he says, you know, it helps me when I'm doing my work. He just hangs out there after school. And But now she started talking to him, telling him the earth is flat. Telling him that, you know, that Jesus isn't real. That's a metaphor that people who believe that, you know, and she, she's, she's way over her boundaries. But the kid really likes her because there's food. And I said, well, a couple weeks, a couple, I don't know, the last time I was in there getting my hair done, we were talking about this. And I said, well, if he thinks the earth is flat, that's when she brought that up. I go, just have him look at the moon on any given night that there's a shadow. What is the shape of it? Because that is the earth. The sun is on the other side, and that's the moon. You don't have to be a genius. Just take a look at, at heaven. And he saw that, and he was like, what? Wow. You know, that's crazy. That's amazing. And his, his mind was made up, and he was able to argue that with her, too. So, so fast forward, you know, my friend is saying, well, what can I do? I just feel powerless. And I go, you're never powerless if you're a Christian. You speak the name of Jesus because you've ingested it, and you're living with this on the inside of you, and this on the inside of you, one like him and the Father are. And I said, let's just pray right now. And we prayed in the name of Jesus for any foul attempt toward this young man to be thwarted in the name of Jesus. We prayed a circle of blood around that kid. I mean, this is stuff that nobody even cares about because, you know, we're so fast forward, just covered in our culture until somebody has pain. I'm seeing pain, and I'm ready to take care of it. Are you? I mean, we spoke the name of Jesus. We spoke life. We said that the truth would come out in Jesus' name. We, we talked about 
how, you know, the, the spirits of antichrist and the spirits of, you know, perversion and just the spirits that are wrong, that they would be silenced in Jesus' name, that, that he would know and that he wouldn't have a desire to go there. I go, go walk around your house. And then she's young in the Lord, you know, she was like, she's like, oh, I have goosebumps all over. And I go, that's great. Let the goosebumps make action and go do it. She calls me a couple days ago and she said, you know, that woman freaked out and bit him twice. And he ran home and told us they've got pictures of it, called the cops, and they said she'll never, he'll never go over there again. And she goes, I, all I can think of is you sitting in that chair that day telling me we speak the name of Jesus and you're going to get that kid back. Look, as one little thing, yeah, you can clap your hands, but here's the thing, that's in you. That same wisdom, that same power, that same authority, that same bread of life is in you everywhere that you go, making a difference in the lives of people, right? 2023 is going to rock socks. I'm not kidding. Man, God, thank you so much for a church, for friends, for your will, God, that gets in the middle of us. Thank you for your tenderness to lead us into a new year and your boldness, God. Let us embrace that as we take steps forward this year in freedom. Thank you for the word you're setting on our heart for the future in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of the Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with the Loft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 1030 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.